following program contains language and subject matter that you may consider unsuitable for children. Parental discretion is advised. Greetings, Earthman. Uh, His Highness the Jackal. The Jackal. I'm going to pass the reins to Mr. Jackal, the new king of radio. <laughs> yes. Allow me to puff as well. Yeah. Uh, Those are some powerful herbs. <laughs> giving me dark visions. Shall we pack this again? I, I'm not giving visions. I'm not sure if it's working, is it? Visions. Visions. Daddy, so you seeing what I'm seeing? You making a fool of yourself. <laughs> I think Jacko's a Latino. I'm not sure, but he'll give it to you. Hold on a second here. The Jacko. All right, everybody, welcome to another exciting episode of Inside the Jackal's Head, right here on PSN Radio. And I think we're being carried tonight by SoFlo Radio, I think. Can't be 100% sure on that. But welcome, everybody. We have a fantastic show tonight. A full hour inside the Jackal's Head. Into the night. Who don't know what love is All right, everybody, we're going to be uh, joined shortly here by a really cool cast of characters, and they are actually that in a movie. We're going to have the cast of the film Get Well. Well, not the entire cast, because I don't think we have enough time in an hour to get everybody on here, but we have Jake Chambers and Stephanie Casbier on the show, and we're going to have also the director, Trix Donovan, on the show with us. I haven't seen much promotional stuff yet, obviously, because it's still being worked on, but it looks really neat from the stuff I have seen, and that's going to be exciting to have them on. I have uh, a couple of different uh, things I want to get to that is news-related. Now, this past weekend has been kind of a, a weird weekend at the movies. Furious 7 took the 14-year-old Fast franchise to the next level this weekend with a stunning $147.2 million debut. That opening ranks ninth all-time behind The Avengers, Iron Man 3, the final Harry Potter movie, the two Dark Knight movies, the two Hunger Games movies, and the uh, last Spider-Man 3 movie that came out with Sam Raimi. Uh, the movie also opened to an incredible $245 million overseas, or the out-of-here numbers. That's without any help from China, Japan, and Russia, where it will open in the next few weeks. Now, so far, Furious 7 has earned $392 million worldwide and is very likely on track to earn a billion dollars by the end of its run. Now, at the domestic box office, Furious 7, in its $147 million debut, is 55% higher than Captain America's The Winter Soldier of last year, which, by the way, was the previous April record holder. Now, this is also the biggest debut in the franchise thus far, uh, and it's up a whopping 51% over the Fast and Furious 6, which came out a couple years ago. 
Furious 7 also has earned 13.3 million on IMAX, which ranks second all time for a 2D only movie debut behind The Dark Knight Rises. So this is just a phenomenal success at the box office. Of course, this is uh, the last movie that we're going to have with Paul Walker in it after his tragic death. And apparently a lot of folks really love what they've done here with this movie. Uh, in fact, I'm going to go right into my next story here. And uh, it says, and there's an article that says, Emotional Furious 7, Paul Walker tribute has grown men crying. Now, fans of the speed racing action thriller praised the touching send-off at the end of the film on Twitter, while Paul Walker's loss was felt throughout Furious 7. Even the toughest fans are getting a little teary-eyed in the movie's final 10 minutes. The speed uh, racing action thriller ends with a touching tribute dedicated simply for Paul. At the film's premiere on Wednesday night in Hollywood, Walker's co-star Vin Diesel uh, gave a tearful speech saying that this movie is more than a movie. And I'm going to tell you, last year it was really tough to come back to work. Now, as you all know, we lost someone very close and very dear to us during the filming. Uh, producer Neil Moritz, uh, Neil Moritz said, Paul was the most decent, thoughtful, caring human being I have ever met. Losing him was a blow to all of us. And um, there's a massive amount of guys on Twitter that are posting sad moments with teary eyes. All, it's been happening all weekend. Like, I guess they're at the movies and they're tweeting out from the movie theaters at the end of the uh, of the movie, and they're tweeting out that you know the Furious was awesome, and the uh, thriller paid tribute to Paul Walker. One of them actually says, uh, "Let me see." He says, "Fast and Furious Seven, awesome tr- uh, thriller tribute to Paul." Uh, rest in peace, Paul. You'll always be part of our lives. The accident forced producers to push back the movie and the movie's release date, as well as use old footage of an audio of Walker to complete the movie. Walker's brothers, Cody and uh, Caleb, uh, were brought in as stand-ins also. And I haven't seen the movie. I actually might see this one just to see what you know they did. Because it is interesting the way they would finish something like this. I mean, it, it does remind me a little bit of uh, when The Crow happened. And uh, Brandon Lee passed away, and of course that was—I mean—that was a big deal back then. I mean, everybody was talking about The Crow. You know what I mean? Everybody was talking about this movie, and uh, it was just a huge, huge, huge thing. Uh, so I mean, look, this is going to be uh, one of those things where uh, people are never going to forget uh, Paul Walker because I mean he did clearly leave a mark on this franchise. So it's sad that he passed away, but at the same time, you know, I don't know if they're going to continue. Um, this franchise, I don't know what they're going to do, but um, I, I would stop at this point. I mean, how many more Fast and Furious movies could you possibly do? I mean, seriously. Now, a little bit more of uh, movie news. Uh, check this out before we go on break in a few minutes. Uh, you can actually now own a life-size Hulkbuster statue for just about eh, $21,000. Yeah, oh, man. man. No. Sounds cool, huh? Now, this is a, a big boy. I'm talking about a big-ass statue. I mean, remember, well, it can't be, I don't think it would be life-size, but just in case, say, uh, the 200 or I said, just in case the $825 Hot Toys Hulkbuster wasn't your size, uh, Taiwanese toy maker Beast Kingdom have announced that they'll be producing a life-size Hulkbuster statue. The statue clocks in at 9, in, uh, nine feet 10 inches. Wow. And it's available for as low... It's available for the low price of $21,000. $21,500. Yeah, 
the statue of Thor's hammer, Captain America's shield, and the casket uh, of ancient winters uh, from Odin, uh, uh, from Odin's trophy room. Uh, check out the images of the statues as here on the website. By the way, this is posted from superherohype.com. You can check out the uh, the article there. The Hulkbuster will uh, make its movie debut this summer in the Avengers Age of Ultron. Written and directed, of course, by Joss Whedon and produced by Kevin Feige. Marvel, uh, Marvel's Avengers uh, Age of Ultron star Robert Downey Jr., Chris Hemsworth, uh, Mark Ruffalo, Chris Evans, Scarlett Johansson, Jeremy Rantner, uh, Samuel L. Jackson, Aaron Taylor-Johnson, Elizabeth Olsen. One of the Olsen... Not the, she's not one of the Olsen twins, uh, no, right? Is she one of the Olsen twi- no. uh, twins there, Pete? Right, she's not one of the twins. Yeah, she's like uh, the third sister, but she's not a twin, right? Yeah, that's what I figured. So uh, Elizabeth Olsen, yeah, she's actually uh, pretty damn cute, actually. Uh, Aaron, you know, it's funny, Aaron uh, Taylor-Johnson is the guy from Kick-Ass, and he's, of course, playing Quicksilver in this movie, and uh, the, his sidekick in Kick-Ass played Quicksilver in the X-Men Days of uh, Futures Past. So that's pretty uh, funny that uh, they're both playing Quicksilver in two different incarnations. But uh, the movie also, of course, has James Spader in as uh, Ultron, and that's going to be epic. Remember, no strings on him. Right? Paul Bettany playing Vision. I mean, I can't wait for this movie. It has an amazing cast. It really does. And uh, the first one was awesome and awe-inspiring, so I, I cannot wait for Age of Ultron. I think it's going to be badass. Now, next on the uh, news uh, clip here, news clip things, let's see here. John Singleton out as director for the movie of uh, Tupac. I don't know if you guys heard of this. John Singleton was directing the uh, biopic for Tupac Shakur, and according to Showbiz 411, Morgan Creek's uh, Tupac Shakur biopic may be going through a director shuffle as Oscar-nominated filmmaker John Singleton has reportedly been replaced by Carl Franklin. Now, Singleton told Double uh, XL magazine that his involvement in the film about the slain rap legend was on hold as of right now because we're trying to figure out some things. And he says, I got a script and I got the blessing from the family, but we'll see. We've got to get it right. Singleton was an obvious uh, choice to helm the uh, biopic, given his uh, first-hand working relationship with Shakur, whom he directed in the 1993 movie Poetic Justice with Janet Jackson. He also wrote the film Baby Boy, especially for Shakur, although Tyrese Gibson uh, replaced him after the murder in 1996. The actor turned um, acclaimed director Franklin has been out of the uh, feature games for, uh, for a while now, uh, since about 2003, when he had directed Out of Time with Denzel Washington. The only, uh, just with only 2013's low-budget Bless Me and Ultima, uh, to actually his credit since 2003, he has recently uh, amassed an impressive run helming episodes of the, the acclaimed TV shows, such as uh, Homeland, The Affair, House of Cards, and uh, Emmy-nominated, uh, there were a bunch of them was actually Emmy-nominated, so that's Pretty good credit, but I mean, I like the idea of John Singleton directing this thing. I mean, he knew Tupac. He directed Tupac. You know what I mean? Why would they replace him? It makes no sense to me. But it says here, Tupac will be produced by James G. Robinson, David Robinson, not the basketball player, I don't think, and L.T. Hutton, along with uh, Randall Emmett and uh, George Furia. The film will be executive produced by Tupac's mother, Afeni Shakur, and produced and a production target uh, for later this year. Obviously, they're trying to they're trying to hit the target of uh, the target date of next year, 2016, as the release date. 
I mean, it would make sense. It's the 20-year anniversary of his death, which is another amazing thing. I mean, it's been 20 years since Tupac died. His death is like one of those things that no matter where you are, you remember where you were and what you were doing when you heard that Tupac had died. I mean, that's one of those incidents where you never forget what you were doing at that very specific moment. And uh, I like the idea of having John Singleton uh, direct this movie. Uh, he was he did write Baby Boy for Tupac specifically. And for whatever reason, uh, you know, obviously uh, they couldn't get in production in time to have Tupac in it, so it took a little while. And by the time he was able to start doing, you know, the movie... Pac had passed away, and um, they had to get Tyrese uh, Gibson uh, to be uh, in the movie. And if you guys watch the movie, there's a very, very cool tribute in the movie itself to Tupac. Uh, Tyrese's room and the wall, he has the mural of Tupac's face drawn on the wall, and it's really badass. I mean, for a long time, I wanted to get that done in my room. I just thought that was incredibly cool. Uh, then I was like, well, that's kind of creepy because it's a big-ass face on your wall, and it just, well... It looked cool in the movie, but anyway, that movie was written for Tupac. In fact, there's a lot of cool things that I found out this year or this past year of dealing with Tupac. Uh, we found out that Tupac was actually about to go read um, for the uh, role of, uh, of um, Jesus, I forgot the name of the character, uh, the role that Samuel Jackson played in Star Wars, uh, Sam uh, Mace Windu. He was—he actually went. To, he was going to go read for Mace Windu. They had contacted him from Lucas Films. They wanted him to come out and read for that role. Apparently, Lucas uh, had written that role into the film based on Tupac's personality, and he really wanted Pac in the movie, which would have been really, really neat. Uh, sadly enough, it didn't happen. Anyway, guys, uh, that's the last piece of news for the uh, week. Uh, we're going to go to commercial break now, and when we come back, we're going to have our guest on. And it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to have, again, director Trix Donovan, actor Jake Chambers, and actress Stephanie Casbier on the show. And they're going to be on for the rest of the hour talking about the movie. Get well. We'll be right back. This is Inside the Jackal's Head. Consultants behind your home or business computer with key information solutions, providing solutions to your internet and computing needs while keeping you on the cutting edge of technology, preventative maintenance and networking support, hardware and custom built computers. Let key information solutions be your personal tech staff for your home or office with affordable hourly, monthly, or annual rates to fit anyone's budget. Call key information solutions now. 954-973-3374. That's 954-973-3374. Or visit keyinformation.com. Imagine no longer being tied down to your computer, but having the freedom to take live talk radio with you anywhere you go. TalkStream Live introduces our first ever iPhone application. The talk shows you follow now follow you. 
And your iPhone is now the fastest and easiest way to stay connected to the best talk radio on the Internet. Listen to live talk shows 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. Mobile talk radio from TalkStream Live. Now available in the iTunes App Store. Here's a riddle for you. What do the California Gold Rush of the 1850s, secret societies, coded messages, mysterious 19th century flying machines, and an early 20th century outside artist named Charles A.A. Delshaw all have in common? The Secrets of Delshaw by Dennis Crenshaw and Pete Navarro. Go to www.secretsofdelshaw.com to learn more. Look, up in the sky. It's a bird. It's a plane. No, it's supermanhomepage.com, the number one Superman fan site in the world. Supermanhomepage.com, covering the world of Superman from the 1930s to today. News, reviews, rumors, and reports. Supermanhomepage.com, for all your Superman comics, TV shows, movies, cartoons, radio shows, and more. Everything you ever wanted to know about the Man of Steel and more. Superman Homepage.com. All right, everybody, welcome back to Inside the Jackal's Head live on PSN Radio and SoFlow Radio. Now, with me, as I promised, is the, uh, the cast and director of the movie Get Well. Let's go down the order here. Trix Donovan, the director. Say hi, Trix. Hey, how you guys doing? We got Jake Chambers, one of the actors in the film. Say hi, Jake. Hi, thank you for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. And, of course, the lovely Stephanie Casbier. Am I pronouncing your last name right, by the way? Casbier. Is that it? Um, it's actually pronounced like a case of beer. That's awesome. <laughs> are, you, are you kidding me? Tell me you're being honest. Serious as a heart attack. That is so cool. All right, so the case of beer is here. That's going to be a heck of a party. Now, let's talk about this movie, Get Well. Uh, what's the movie all about? Um, it's basically, like, when I wrote it, I kind of used a little bit of examples from, like, American Psycho in uh, Summer of Sam, a little bit of Alpha Dog. It's basically a journey through Justin Lake, who Jacob played. Um, it's basically going through his, his head and his daily life, trying to deal with this problem that he has. And he basically takes it out on women. Um, he's kind of like a modern day Jack the Ripper. Um, Typical guy, not, right? Yeah, but not like <laughs> as not as creepy. I mean, he does socialize um, with the people he works with, and you know stuff like that. I really don't want to give too much of it away. Okay, so who's the star of the uh, film? Is, is it the, uh, the the folks that are on the line around Jake and Stephanie, two of the the main stars of the film? Well, I play Justin Lake, but I would say that it's definitely an ensemble cast. Okay, but who is the movie, uh, like, who do we see the movie, like, who, through whose eyes, basically, are we watching the movie? Like, who's the main we, character that we follow through? You follow Justin, who Jake plays. Okay, Justin, mm -hmm. okay. So, tell us about writing this script. I mean, who wrote the script for the movie, by the way? I did. I mean, it, 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 it was like a four-year process. Um, wow. I, did, I did a movie, uh, it was called Pembroke. It was one of my second movies I've done. And uh, I wanted to do, like, a web series. And I kind of wanted to do something like A Nightmare on the Street. But I didn't really want to rip it off with, like, you know, the dreams and, like, Freddy Krueger and stuff. Uh -huh. So I kind of came up with this idea um, about, like, a psychopath kind of like uh, Dexter. And okay. I kind of created Justin in that sense. And I kind of want to do it like a, as, like, a web show. So I tried to do it with some people. I'm from New Jersey originally, and I tried to do it with some people that I knew 
in New Jersey, and it just wasn't really flowing with like, the actors I had. I mean, the storyline was there, but I, I wasn't really feeling it, so I put it on hold, and I did a couple other things. And then, But the original title for Get Well was called Permanent Nightmare, and I kind of went back to it a couple times. And I tried to do it with, like, actors in New York, trying to still do the web, the web series idea. And then I met this, um, in, um, this, this gentleman in New York City named Richard Capobianco, who actually is in Get Well. Um, he kind of said, hey, man, why don't you turn it into, like, a full-length feature? So I did. I added a couple more characters. Um, it basically turned into a feature film. And then the original title I went with was called Nightmare in a Damaged Brain. But it, it was used from like a nineteen, like a late nineteen eighties movie was already called that. So I was sitting with my producer, uh, her name's Julia, and we were just like shooting names out. And I'm a big fan of this uh, band called Icon for Hire. Um, they played Work for a Lot. They're actually going to play it this year again. And they had this song called Get Well, and it kind of was about battling depression. And I watched the music video. It, it was really really cool. It was you know the girl is in like this like uh straight jacket straight jacket in like this like um i guess a safe room and like it kind of just flowed what i wanted to do so that's basically how get well was brought you know to existence from there so writing and directing it it took four years uh the, the process uh the how process, far uh, yeah the process yeah. from like conception until now last not- monday yeah <laughs> Now, where are we on the process uh, as of last Monday? I know you were doing some editing last week, right? No. Um, I was trying, we found our last location. That's what, uh, that's what I was doing. And, um, you know, we wrapped Monday. So the, movie, the movie's done filming-wise. Now we have to do the editing, the ADR, you know, soundtrack and score and all that. Now, how uh, long do you think the uh, post-production is going to take? Uh, I talked to my DP, um, and he's also the editor. His name is Rex Yao probably one of the best in the southeast i gotta admit and um i actually talked to him yesterday uh trailer will be the like the next two weeks and he said everything should be done by october november very cool very cool now jake stephanie is this the first acting role that you two have had or have you been in other productions yeah um, this was is the- my first feature film but i've had like okay. other smaller independent things in the atlanta area Oh, okay. How different was that from what you've done before, by the way? Um, very different. Um, most of the stuff that I had done in the past were television pilots that uh-huh. were trying to take off in Atlanta. Um, so they were just like a one-day gig, and this was a about seven-month process. So it was very different in in that aspect of time length. That's a good long shoot, seven months. Yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good amount. Uh, Jake, yourself? It is actually my first, and I was brought on in December, so I had a, a, a shorter shooting schedule. But, yes, it was definitely different than anything I've, I've done before. Very cool. Now, this project, are, you, are we looking for you know, limited release, uh, theatrical? Are you looking for online streaming release? Uh, how, do, how, do you, uh, you know, how are you going to go about the actual release of the project, Donovan? 
Um, well, I have uh, I have a couple of uh, distribution companies already interested. Okay. Um, I have a fr- I have a friend with the Sci Fi Network, uh, NBC Universal, uh, Black Wolf Media. Actually, sent me an email. They're interested. They want to see a trailer. Um, my main goal is to get it out anywhere I can. My main thing, I think, this movie will be really will will be looked at uh, very well in uh, overseas, like the German, Italian, Japanese, um, those type of markets. Because mm-hmm. um, you know the you know the Europeans and you know the Asian um, you know the Asian viewers they really like to see the violence, the sex, the drugs. <laughs> I think it'll be, I think it'll be received really really well overseas. But yeah, I mean the sky's the limit for this. You know, festival run everything. Very cool. Now, are you at liberty to release the budget of the movie? Do you want me to release the, you want me to release the budget? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Do no, we have a set budget? I can't release the numbers. Good try, though, but I can't release the numbers. Now, when you watch, you know, as a filmmaker, when you watch what's going on this past weekend uh, with the Fast and Furious franchise, I mean, that came kind of like out of nowhere, became this big thing. As a filmmaker, I mean, what is that? Uh, you know, does that inspire you to create something as unique as this to, you know, maybe have it one day launch something as big as that? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would love to do like a mainstream Hollywood film, um, you know, write and direct it myself. And I would definitely use Jake and Stephanie again. I mean, Jake's talent. I mean, I tell him this all the time. I mean, this, this kid's phenomenal. I mean, and Stephanie is just up there with, with Jake. I mean, these two are probably the best actors I've ever worked with. I mean, just their, just their, the notes they take, with, like I gave both of them freedom to create Justin and and Skyler, and I mean I'm just so proud to to know them, to have worked with them, and actually consider them my friends now. I mean we became like a little family, the whole Get Well cast, and, and I would definitely love to work with both of them again. I could see Jake as like a leading man in a Hollywood film. I can definitely see Stephanie as a leading lady in a Hollywood film. In seven months, you definitely grow a, a good bond. Oh, absolutely! Like yeah. Uh, now, going through the process of uh, process of creating the characters, uh, since tricks give you the freedom to really create these characters, uh, you know, explain to the audience, you know, what you went through as a method actor. I'm sure you know, uh, as method actors go, I mean, they really like try to capture the character's essence. I mean, what process did you guys go through? Uh, being this is your first feature film, as trying to get into character and build this character from the ground up. Well, the first thing that I did was make a choice as to why Justin behaves in the way that he does. And I made the choice very early on in my research that he was not born this way. He was not born Justin Lake. Um, Instead, his behavior is in a lot of ways a, a yield from his environment. And so that also uncovered motivations for his is for him to influence his environment as much as his environment influenced him in his developmental years where when most children are, are being wrapped in, in love and support, he was not. And so that created a void for him that he feels that he feels by, you know, the actions that take place throughout the script. So I, I made that choice, and then I studied a lot of serial killers, a lot of psychopaths. Justin is very different 
in the way that he goes about killing. He, uh, a lot of his actions are the result of impulses, and you kind of see that compound throughout the film until he's in a constant state of compulsion. And he also suffers from psychosis. So he has auditory and visual hallucinations. So he has a really hard time um, finding the reality that's that's present because of that. So I I studied the psychology of that, and I studied um, different documentaries, different video footage that I could find, different news articles from a lot of different documented serial killers, and I kind of took all of that and pieced Justin together. What are some of the uh, the most famous cases that drew your attention when you were doing your research? Well, there were a, a lot of them. I mean, that was the most challenging part of of this whole process for me was actually the research portion. It was the the part that I lost the most sleep because of because when you're constantly <laughs> feeding that, yourself yeah. with with this this evil and with these individuals who have no no compassion for human life, no value of human life, that is something very difficult for me to do because that is something so far removed from who I am as a person. Uh, I remember uh, the day that I got cast, I was doing research and there was a ladybug crawling on the concrete pillar by uh, the area that I was studying and I told myself in my mind I have to kill this ladybug and not and not feel any any remorse and I know that's kind of an extreme example but I had a really <laughs> hard time bringing myself to smash this innocent uh, this innocent creature and long story short I ended up not killing the ladybug but uh, still I learned something about myself from the process so the ladybug lived. That's the best part of the Yeah, story. the ladybug lived. <laughs> no, a ladybug if, if it had been a spider, it would have been a completely different story. But I, I hear you on that. So. I hear you on the spider thing, by the way. Uh, Stephanie, now, same question for you. Uh, you know, give us a little bit of your process and your research for this character. Um, mine was a, a little bit different since I don't, you know, I don't play the serial killer, but my process started... Back in September, and I was actually cast as a different role. I was actually cast as a cherry bomb. And um, shortly after, I was switched to Skylar, and I was very excited about that because I had a lot more of a connection with her than I did with cherry bomb. Um, So when I finally got that opportunity, I felt a little bit more in my own skin, I I could definitely relate to her a lot. Um, she's kind of, I guess, the only, like, real normal character in the entire movie. She doesn't really have any vices. She's kind of like this sweet, all-American girl next door who happens to have a really big crush on a serial killer. So trying to find that whole dynamic of, being attracted to the bad boy, which I, I feel a lot of girls are. Are, yes, yes. <laughs> <This> <laughs> very true, very of, true. 
a little bit more of an extreme bad boy version. And she's would you compare her? Would you compare her a little bit to like Sydney Prescott and Scream, or um, like the like for example, um, uh, Jamie Lee Curtis's character in Halloween, like that type of heroine? Yeah, I mean, she she is she a is scream queen? Only... In other words, <laughs> um, no, I mean, I didn't really have that type of moment, but um, she is definitely a strong Spoilers. character. Um, but yeah, she is definitely a character that I feel that a lot of people can relate to. Um, she has to work with and hang out with these very interesting characters. There's another lead actress, um, named Peyton who plays Brittany and she's a very extravagant, outgoing, outspoken person. So the dynamic that Skylar has to deal with with um, Justin and Brittany sort of being caught in the middle between these very strong personalities is very interesting and actually brings some comedy into the into the whole mix when she's trying to deal with these two people. But um, yeah, it was it, it was actually very interesting because I found. Um, life imitating art with a lot of my own situations when I was playing Skylar and just when I was in my own daily life would try and deal with boys and trying to be a single girl in her 20s and trying to figure out life and where you're at and um, yeah, it was it was very interesting to see how like my life and Skylar's life sort of would intertwine and um but yeah it was it was definitely very fun um i saw myself in her several times and then um i would try to envision basically how i would react if i was in her situation um she can come off a little bit shy and a little bit timid whereas I might be a little bit more outspoken in certain situations. But I guess you can kind of learn to maybe sort of bite your tongue when she, you know, has those opportunities. But, yeah, it was it was very fun, and it was just a joy to play her and to be this wonderful, sweet person. So I really enjoyed playing Skylar a lot. Very cool. When did you get your start again acting? How old were you? I actually recently started. It was Recent, back right? in 2013, yeah. So I'm a newbie actor. Now, have you always wanted to act, though, or is this just something that one day you just woke up and you're like, eh, I want to be an actress now? Um, yeah, actually, ever since I was probably a toddler, I had always wanted to act. I uh, am an only child, so I always wanted to put on shows for people. Mm. When I was little, I would literally stop whoever was in the house. Like, whatever they were doing, I would stop you. And I would make you sit down in the living room and watch me perform some little dance routine. <laughs> and I definitely she still does was that, by the little, way. I don't But, yeah, so, but, I mean, it definitely takes a lot of guts to do what we do and to be this vulnerable and to expose yourself and to sort of dive into these characters and, and you know, and into these lives. So I definitely, it wasn't until after college when I decided, you know, 
I need to follow this normal path. I'm not, I need to go to college and get a real job that I realized this isn't really who I am. And I decided to finally pursue my dream when I was 23 years old. Very cool. And you and you have a great acting name, Stephanie Kaysabir. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. I've, I've so great. Thought, you, know, you don't need a stage changes. name. You got the perfect name. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. Now, Jake, same question for you. Uh, you know, how long ago, when, when did you start acting again, and uh, have you always wanted to act? I've always wanted to act. I've always wanted to tell stories. My mm -hmm. one true passion in life is the human experience, and so anything that I can do or create to embody that or to perpetuate that, I lend myself to. Like Stephanie, I also went to college. I graduated college. I studied film business, but I also studied history, and so I took those four years to see if I could not convince myself of a more linear passion, uh, a more profitable passion, but I could not be convinced, and so once I graduated, I did some production work on the business side of film and decided that my true passion was... Um, in front of the camera and, you know, behind the keyboard. So I, I write, I act, and uh, I, like Stephanie, I moved to Atlanta. I slept on my friend's floor for <laughs> about a month. So I'm grateful to my friends for that. And I enrolled in Nick Conti's acting studio, which is a an elite studio in Atlanta for actors. It's where I met Stephanie, uh, through who I met tricks and so all of all of this get well I I owe to to Stephanie <laughs> and all, professional it, actor studio so it all ended well yeah, that that so is true I mean that 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 is true I mean um Jake kind of filled in for like the one kid I cast as Justin before and I just could not deal with how he was portraying Justin so yeah, Stephanie was a big part of getting getting Jake in, involved. Now, as a writer and director, what part of the process do you favor the most? Uh, I like writing it. To be honest with you, I mean, I like to I like to create the story. Uh -huh. um, I guess that would be my my favorite part of the whole process. That and casting, because um, I do the casting and the directing and the writing and some of the producing. So, but yeah, writing probably be my favorite. I think you know most writers should be involved in the casting of films, and I don't know why they really aren't. Because when you're writing a movie, you're really writing a certain character that you have in your mind, and only really the writer can, I think, find the right actor for that role. Yeah, I mean, once it goes to Hollywood, like the Hollywood, like um, production, they everything. Yeah, but yeah, they they really do. And you know, the the Get Well script was 150 pages long, mm. so I mean, I, I took out maybe about 20. 20 pages. I mean, when Stephanie mentioned Cherry Bomb, unfortunately I had to, I had to take that character out. I mean, there were some characters that were written in that, you know, as opposed to they can take this character, um, and, but that, that whole process was taken out. Yeah, which is uh, mm -hmm. how I got to uh, know of you guys, by the way. Uh, shout out to mm -hmm. Jose. Um, yeah, yeah. Take, he's a pretty, pretty good guy. 
Oh, he's an awesome guy. I met him a, a long time ago, in a, not in, in a galaxy far, far away, mind you, but uh, back in <laughs> 1994, I met Jose, and uh, he was a really nice guy back then. Uh, how'd you guys uh, meet Jose, if you don't mind me asking? Since you brought him up. Uh, I just, I just uh, I found him on IMDb Pro and then contacted his manager. That was basically it. Ah, well, a much simpler very, story than I expected. Yeah, very easy. <laughs> <laughs> I hear I was expecting we were on a ship, and he was out on the balcony, and we saw the silhouette of this big muscled guy, and he turned around and he said, Hi, Jose Canseco, get out of my way. And then you asked him, can you be in my movie, Mr. Canseco? And then we had dinner together with him and his girl, and it was fan- I was expecting something like that, but... Much simpler story there. <laughs> now, in all seriousness, Tricks, do you think this project uh, could see maybe a sequel? I mean, have, did you write it with that in mind? Because you, you, know, you yeah, say that you could originally do, uh, had it as a series. So, I mean, is yeah. that an idea? With, with the web series, it could have it could have went longer into Justin's head because um, he does have like these two these two like good angel, bad angels. Uh, their names are Ziggy and Gabriel that play a big part in his decision making. And you could have expanded a lot on that if it was a web a web series. Um, but yeah, I could I could see this being a prequel or even doing kind of like a sequel, leaving it like more of like like on like Skyler's end now, kind of like um, like you mentioned Scream. You could have probably right. do something along the lines of that, like a copycat or something like that, because you know there there is some characters that live at the end of this. Now 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 tricks. Let's not spoil the ending or give away too much. <laughs> you know. <laughs> when can we expect some footage online to tease the audience? Uh, like I said, two weeks. I talked to my, uh, you know, I talked to Rex uh, yesterday. Uh-huh. Um, he, he just got back home. He spent a week. Uh, after we wrapped, I think everybody like just took some time to themselves, like a week. I think he went and spent some time with his with his family. Uh, I spoke with him late last night, and he just got back to Greensboro. And he's dumping the footage, and he's putting together the trailer. And we got a really sick song from a band called Renister. Is that how you say it, Steph? Renister? Yeah. Renister? Um, Works for me. Uh, a really good band <laughs> from Atlanta. Uh, they submitted cool. a track we're going to use. So, uh, yeah, we're going to use some of their music. And we're just going to mm-hmm. you know, do the best trailer we can and knock some socks off some people. Very cool, man. If you need some music, I have a long list of independent artists that I could bring your way. Yeah, e- email them to me. Email them. email to me. I'll definitely, definitely. look at it. What's the uh, soundtrack going to uh, be like? Rock, hip-hop-ish? I mean, what's the genre? Um, I mean, the only like hip-hop I can really probably use is when uh, we have this big uh, birthday party at a strip club. Um, I can probably Makes play sense. hip-hop there. Makes sense. Um, I kind of want to do like, like a I really like to do a score. Um, that's like my main thing right now. But I'm a big, a big fan of like the punk rock, you know, mm. the Warp Tour stuff. If I can find something like that to throw in there, um, but I don't know, it's up in the air. Whatever I feel can fit the tone of the movie, I think I'll use. Yeah, very cool. How, how satisfying was it when you guys uh, yelled "rap" or you know when you're ending this project? I mean, how satisfied are you going to be when it's done? <laughs> It was like winning the World Series. <laughs> <laughs> we actually, um, we actually played the icon for hire. Get well when we rapped. And as soon as I said cut, the song played. It was actually like the end of SNL, and everyone's like hugging each other and high fiving each other. But all we needed was like confetti and champagne, like you won the World Series. It was like <laughs> a very humbling moment. I was so proud of everybody. 
um, basically, it was like the wrap for like half the cast that day. So everybody stayed until it was over, and it was just it was a great experience. That's Very awesome. I actually was wrapped. Yes, I was actually wrapped a couple of days before that, and mm-hmm. I almost died on my way home. So oh get well could have been the last thing that I did. I was driving back through the mountains near Nashville, North Carolina, and this is the end of March, and all of a sudden it's just this torrential downpour of snow. And about Oof. three cars in front of me all went off the side of this embankment Ouch. on this mountain. Um, a car clicked and they, it was, it was a mess. Uh, huh. so I was, I was one just glad to get home. <laughs> this is why I'm glad I live in Florida, by the way. I live in Miami, Florida. <laughs> I'm so happy about that. No snow. <laughs> Don't have those issues. <laughs> uh, but, you know the the the, uh, the beautiful part of rapping, I think, for you guys rapping this project, the satisfaction you got. Uh, mm-hmm. Now your work is not done, though. I mean, you're going to go back no. into, the, uh, into the lab here for several more months uh, to, yeah. to to cut this thing together, piece it together. Uh, so, mm-hmm. I mean, did you did you immediately start thinking about the next part of the process when you guys wrapped, or did you take a couple of days to kind of like reflect back and think back of the entire thing? I mean, how far? I mean, how soon did you jump right back into work after you were done? Well. May is when we're going to start the editing. Um, uh-huh. I, I did tell my, you know, I did tell Rex he would take the month off. He's got some other projects he's got to do for the rest of the month of um, of April, and then he was May, like May first, he's jumping into the final editing, and then probably by June, July, we'll do the ADR, and then we'll any pickup shots story. at all, any like post production pickup shots, anything like it, that. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure we'll have to do something. Um, I want to see the. I want to see it all laid out first before I decide where I want to move with all that. Uh, we do have some good B-roll stuff. Um, I, I can. I guarantee you an A plus project when this is done. I really do. Um, especially because I'm working with Rex. He's probably. He, he is the best. The best in the southeast. This guy does it all, and all the cast members have been brilliant. I mean, all these kids. Could could be in Hollywood, Hollywood film. I mean, I I have nothing, nothing bad to say about anybody's acting. Like I said, Jake, Jake carried this. I mean, just him as the lead right now is 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 fantastic. And I tell him that like every time I see him. Like I even text him sometimes and be like, hey man, just want to say thank you for all the stuff you've done. So. <laughs> It's yeah, special when, very, when you're very it, it, encouraging. That has, to, that has to be special <laughs> though, as a filmmaker when you find that actor who can really capture the role of the character uh, right. that you wrote and you you know that you thought up of. Right, and like I'm I'm a type of director. Um, I'm like the actor's director, I guess you could say. I, I give the actors a lot of freedom to come up with like stuff like on the spot. Like if I'm not like Quentin Tarantino where I have to be like, all right, I wrote this, you're going to do it as I say. I'm not like that. Um, like, we'll, we'll come up, like, the script's there, and, you know, we'll run through the blocking, we'll, we'll get it all set up, and then if, if you know, Jake or some of the other actors, like, uh, the guy that played Brody, his name's Brandon Hembry, he was really good with that. Like, uh, Scott Oakley, who played Bunny Rabbit, and he was good with that. We come up with, like, some, some like, pinpoints, Maybe we'll change some of the dialogue. Maybe we'll add something to it. Maybe we'll take something away. Um, so we, we, I, I'm really good with letting the actors feel comfortable and deciding, you know, how we should do it. 
Very cool. Get well. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see this movie, man. I really, uh, I'm excited to uh, to see the final product. And and mm-hmm. uh, when you guys are further along, when you got more stuff to promote, I'd love to have you back on here. Uh, oh, everybody, uh, I'd love to have everybody give out any websites that they have uh, before we're, we're over here. Uh, Tricks, if you have a website uh, to promote the movie, please give it out. Yeah, we have. Well, actually, we have, we have a Facebook right now. It's called the Get Well Movie. And uh website should be coming up in the next couple of months. It's actually called thegetwellmovie.com. Sorry, my dog was barking. <laughs> <laughs> I heard you get louder trying to talk over the dog, which is funny. But uh, Jake, but, uh, uh, Stephanie, yeah, uh, yeah, do you have websites yeah. also that you want to give out? I'm sorry. I didn't quite hear your question. Sure. Uh, if, if anybody else have, uh, like, Jake, do you have a website uh, for yourself to promote as an actor? Uh, I don't. I'm, I'm pretty low-key these days, but. Stephanie? Um, I mean, the only thing that I'm on is just, like, Facebook and Twitter, and I'm on IMDb, and I have um, an Instagram page, but that's pretty much it. Very cool. Well, yeah, at least you're on IMDb. That's cool. Tricks, are you on IMDb yet? Is the movie uh, on IMDb? Yeah, uh, the movie uh, is on IMDb under Get Well. Uh, Everyone in the cast has an IMDb, even the extras. I've been very generous with that. I mean, even the extras, I gotta give a, I'll give a thumbs up to. Um, these extras have helped, helped me out, have helped the movie out. Um, so I'm humble for everybody that was involved. So I gave everybody in IMDb credit for this. That's awesome. A seven months of mm-hmm. a production. That's a that's a long production shoot. That's mm-hmm. yeah, you, have, you have to have a lot of loyalty from people to pull that off. Right. I moved to Charlotte, and I moved to Charlotte a year ago this month, and I started pre-production with Get Well in July. So it's been from July until basically last Monday. <laughs> I've wow. been absorbed in this. Yeah. That's amazing. I love independent projects, man. I wish you, you guys the best. I think uh, Thank uh, you. You, have, you have something great here, and I, like, I, I really am excited to uh, see what you pull off here and, uh, and see the final product. And uh, mm-hmm. anything I can do to help you promote it, please uh, you know, use my show as a, as a vehicle. And I'm going to uh, give you a couple of uh, names later on in private uh, tricks of artists okay. that I know that you might be interested in, both in hip-hop and non-hip-hop, people you might uh, awesome. actually uh, like. So uh, th- we're all out of time, almost in, a, in about two minutes. Uh, guys, it was awesome having you on the show. Thank you so much for being here with mm-hmm. me. Well, thank you, thank man. You. Appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, thank the you. podcast will be uh, live by tomorrow. Uh, this will be on YouTube everywhere, so we're going to promote the heck out of the movie. Uh, by the way, okay. when you guys have the website ready, please uh, let me know so we can place a banner on my website to get you some traffic awesome. over there also. I actually talked. I actually talked to the web designer today. Um, this needs to the trailer and all the promotional, you know, stuff to put up there. But it will be thegetwellmovie.com. There we go. Very very cool, mm-hmm. guys. Thank you so much for being on. Thank, thank you, man. Thank Take you for care. having us. All right, bye bye. There you go, everybody. That is the director and the cast of the movie Get Well. So cool having them on. I can't wait to see that that film. It sounds really neat. It really does. And I love horror movies. I love scary movies. I love thrillers. I love, you know, this genre of film. So I can't wait to see the movie. I think it's going to be awesome. And I hope everybody keeps up with what they're doing. Remember, just uh, look up Get Well on IMDb for more information on the film. And uh, for all the actors' bios and information, really cool people, Stephanie and Jake. Uh, and I love her name. Stephanie Quesabir. That is the best name ever. Stephanie Quesabir. I think I'm going to change my name to Quesabir. Angel the Jackal Quesabir. Awesome. Guys, we're all out of time. 
We'll be back next week on Tuesday night on the Hour of the Jackal's Head right here on psn-radio.com and, of course, soflowradio.com. Shout-outs to George Rodriguez, Zod Ryder, and everybody who listened in tonight. Thank you for joining us and being part of the show. Till next week, this is River to Flame by Tim Branham. Morning.